What's up then listeners? Welcome to another episode of the Midge and the Keg NFL podcast. Host as usual, Billy, alongside me with Jimbo. Everyone, how's it going? And joining us today covering the Chargers, we have John with us. How you doing guys? Good. Glad to uh, have you on uh, on our podcast. Really appreciate your time to come in and join us. Uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, and yeah, I'll let you take lead on that one. All right. So I am John Vogel, and the uh, NFL draft senior writer over at the Brawl Network. Um, been covering the draft now for uh, three or four years. I started my own scouting and stuff. It basically, I was one of those fans where I was watching the game and couldn't rely on Todd McShay and. Um, <laughs> Mel told me who was good and who wasn't. I was like, I got to watch these guys myself. And that's kind of how it started and turned into an obsession, man. Because when you love football, it's really easy to get into the NFL draft because there's so much that you learn about how players play their positions by studying for the NFL draft and really finding out who's good and why they're good. So uh, I've been doing this for three or four years now and um, getting close to being able to quit, you know, working day jobs and stuff which is great cool oh good for you it sounds like yeah that glad that's gone well for you and yeah like you say as much as i think it can get easy to a point when you're analyzing players and stuff it makes you fall in love with it a lot more like i've noticed obviously we're not draft analysts but the more you study like the off season and stuff we like doing the off season stuff we've been waiting to do this for quite a while so it's all always good so i feel you on that one so we'll go sort of straight into it so la charges this year so, 7-9, and nine, finished third in the AFC West. Obviously, it's any division with uh, Patrick Mahomes is tough. But, you know, they had a bit of a rough start. I think they started 1-4, and four, if I'm correct there, Jimbo, around yep. that time. Losing Tyrod Taylor to an injury was probably the best thing that happened to him because along comes <laughs> Justin Herbert, who they picked in the sixth, uh, sixth overall pick from Oregon. And he just took off. Like, he was an absolute stud. Yes, they did lose a lot of close games. But he was the reason why they were close. Like, he was an absolutely outstanding. I think it was 36 total touchdowns in the end for his rookie season. The one stat that sort of points out to me, sort of briefly recapping their year, is that the Chargers, in 13 games of one-possession games, lost 11 of those games. Now, that's quite a big stat when you think, yes, Justin Herbert got them help in getting into them positions. They did have a couple of injuries. But overall, I'll, I'll sort of go to you, Jim, but that's quite a, uh, say quite an alarming stat, but obviously that's something you don't really want to try and push moving forward, especially if you've got Justin Herbert to try and push you over those games. I, don't, I think it's shame that, you know, they can build on, they've got a rookie quarterback in place, who uh, offensive rookie of the year, and losing them tight games, with experience, he'll, he'll come, at least they're there and they're close games. And I think that is a promising sign for them. Obviously, they they won the last four their last four games, so they took some nice momentum to the end of the season. So, looking positive for them, really. Yeah, I think so. I think one thing that I'll probably pass over to you, John. There with they had, I was quite shocked actually. They fired Anthony Lynn. I feel like yeah, he was there for a little while, but I feel like it was maybe a little bit of a rash move. I'm not sure how you felt on that respect because they now hired Brandon Staley, who's the DC, who used to be the DC of the Rams. How do you feel about the hire? I like Staley. And I've talked a little bit about what he did exactly with the L.A. Rams last year on defense and why he's changing the NFL with what he did. So there's this there's this old concept that 
isn't run too often. It's a little bit harder to accomplish, especially when, you know, not knowing what the offense is going to do. It's called inverted coverage. And you run a lot of cover two is usually when you're doing it. And it's basically you, you have your two deep safeties and you play two corners. And what happens is instead of the deep safeties playing deep, they come up and they play in the flats where the corners are and the corners drop deep. So essentially inverting the coverage. And we kind of saw this a lot, this kind of coverage with the Rams, but in a way that we're not really accustomed to seeing. And that was, they were running a cover two look and dropping into an inverted cover three, which is when you have three deep defenders. And a lot of that was because they had this rookie out of the sixth round, actually 199th overall, believe it or not, Jordan Fuller. Um, if I recall correctly, I think there was a guy who just won his seventh Super Bowl, went 199th overall. Jordan Fuller is the X factor to the this Rams defense and Staley's uh, scheme because he's a guy that could play in the box and drop into coverage. And they started running all kinds of inverted coverages and disguised coverages and everything else. And it's really changed what the NFL is looking for coming up this year because a lot of people are going to try to replicate that. So it was a great hire by the Chargers because – He's a defensively minded guy who's had experience on the offense as well. You know, he's coached on both sides of the ball. Lynn probably was a little bit, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A little early to begin, start thinking about firing him. But I think the Chargers realized that they had a guy that they really wanted that could be special in Staley. And they wanted to jump on it and just go ahead and restart now. You know, when you don't when when you can kind of still restart with your freshman quarterback who's going into yeah. a second. Yeah, year. I think that that seems so, to make a lot of sense. You know, they've got an innovative guy come in, so it makes a lot of sense to move on there. Probably unfortunate to lose his job with, with their record last year, but you're right. You know, they've got the guy they wanted, and looks positive. Yeah, definitely. So I think, um, yeah, touching on that, I mean, you know, you having the guy. No, anyone that's in charge of you know, helping out that, that number one defence, and we watch them all throughout the playoffs, they've been outstanding and they've been hard to knock down. They've been absolutely incredible. So taking on someone like that is probably a good move for them. I think, like you said, John, they're looking more for the future rather than just keeping Lynn just for the sake of And let's be honest, if he didn't have Justin Herbert, he probably would have lost his job anyway. Let's be honest. In that regard, they wouldn't have been seven and nine. So looking at that. Unsportsmanlike conduct, 15 yards. We'll move to them going into their 2021 season. So expiring contracts and also their caps. So Jimbo, I'll let you take a little bit of a lead on so what they've got there as so you've got the screen in front of us there. Yeah, so they've currently got about 24 million cap space if it um, drops to the projected uh, 175 million, uh, which is projected by over the cap that, you know, with the loss of revenue this year with COVID. They've got a few players that are quite cuttable really to draw up some space for their free agents. They've got quite a few guys they want to re-sign. So uh, Mike Williams, on a, he's got 15.6 million, uh, which is non-guaranteed. So, you know, he looks like a perfect sort of cut opportunities. He's fairly good for him, but he's been quite injury prone this year. Also, uh, Trey Turner, he was sort of like 32nd ranked right guard this year. He, he was quite, um, he's quite, he's carrying quite a lot of, cap there, 11.5 million, which is again, non-guaranteed. So, you know, there's room to sort of free up a little bit of space to renew some of their guys that they, you know, need to renew. Like Hunter Henry is going to sort of demand quite a high-end, tight, tight-end contract. You've got Melvin Ingram, potentially quite a high-end contract as well on the edge. 
I mean, is there any guys there that you think they should renew, uh, John, or move on from? I think I think if there's anybody there that they need to re-sign, there's two guys that pop out at me, and the first one's Hunter Henry at tight end. And it's not just because Hunter Henry is a, a special talent at the tight end position. I think he is. You also you're going to lose all your depth this year outside of I think Darnold, Darnold, uh, Donald Parham is the only tight end on the team that is still under contract next year. So you don't want to use your first round pick on a tight end. You know, even if we've got Kyle Pitts, I don't think Kyle Pitts is going to be sitting there when the Chargers are picking at 13. So you're kind of thinking in that retrogate where there's a lot of tight ends in the in the you know in the upcoming in the draft deeper, that would be a better value. And so you want to make sure that you have your starter, you have the guy that's familiar with the rest of the team. That's Hunter Henry. Go ahead and re-sign him and then draft somebody, maybe to a shorter term deal or something, if he's willing to do that. And then draft somebody to behind him. You can, I mean, trades are becoming huge now, especially because that seventh playoff spot on both sides makes the league all the more competitive. People are jumping all over trading people. And that's why, you know, we've already seen the massive trade for Matthew Stafford, you know, to the Rams. And we're looking at Carson Wentz being traded this year and maybe Deshaun Watson and other quarterbacks in the league. But you can always trade Hunter Henry and move him later on if needed. The other guy that stands out to me is Denzel Perryman. He was one of the top players they had on defense last year. And it's because the interior of their linebacking court, there's a lot of depth players, but no one that really stands out. And Perryman's really the guy that would really help continue to develop those guys. Again, even if you get him on a shorter term deal, you know, just somebody to have that stability. Can you continue working with uh, Kenneth Murray and uh, Nick Vigil on the inside would be very beneficial. Yeah, I think there's a lot of teams that are struggling next year for cap space with the with the cap dropping. I think the Chargers are in a fair position because they've got the 26 million. They've, like you said, these two players you mentioned, they're Henry and Perriman, are going to demand quite high contracts. But if you free up on the uh, offense there with, you know, freeing up Mike Williams, 15 million, there's a lot of wide receivers depth on the free agency this year. Um, you can sort of bring in a cheaper guy. And Trey Turner, they could probably get both of them renewed fairly easily. And I think here's another thing, too, that you're going to kind of watch NFL teams for with the caps and how they manage it. You're going to see certain teams that are unsure of what's going to happen with the whole COVID pandemic and everything going on. You're going to have other teams that are going to take a risk and say, if the COVID pandemic is not a deal and it's not a factor come September, let's say the vaccines and everything work out and we're in a, a, you know, a COVID free world again, in a sense. I think you're going to see some teams gunning and taking the risk for that and and going ahead and filling up this cap space and filling up the future because there's a good chance when all this gets fixed and you have a full season and no COVID you know, precautions or anything, that you gain all that revenue that you just lost in the cap back, which is around $30 million plus whatever, another $10 million, let's say, because that's about what the cap was going up every year in revenue. So... Well, the Chargers be willing to it's we're going to see that in the when free agency opens up. Are they going to be willing to take the risk and say, yeah, it's going to be a covid free season and we're going to have all this cap space next year and load these incentive lace deals in the future? Or, you know, will they hold back and kind of wait and see what happens? Yeah, yeah I think that's going to be important that. across the league, isn't it? I think it was due, you know, due to rise even more with the extra playoff spot uh, brought in last season before covid hit, obviously. So there is massive potential that it 
I mean, over the cap currently, have got it at their current prediction for 2022 at 224 million, mm-hmm. um, which you know, which would be a massive rise on what they predict next year. So, I think you're right. I think it depends whether they're going to go aggressive or not. I think as well, like I say, if we have to point out the reason why we want to point out Mike Williams, especially when we talked about Jimbo, Mike Williams and Trey Turner. Like, if you really have, you know, like I say, they're not in a bad position anyway. I mean, looking at the captain, I'll say everything going on with how it can play out. But you've got two, to be honest, I mean, for me personally, we know offensive line is their major need. It was pretty much ranked dead last. Yet, Pouncey got injured. Beluga and, and Turner did have a couple of knocks during games. So it was never like a solid line throughout the whole year. You know, you had a lot of different guys playing across that line. But at the, the end of the day, you found your quarterback in Justin Herbert. Like, you are going to need to keep him upright if you want to win games. Like that. He is your number one priority now. When it comes to the draft, and obviously you've got a player like Trey Turner, who is very essentially very, very cuttable with his contract. If you want to save some money even more and maybe spend that on someone else or, you know, just lead up for that cap space, there are two players there that you have the incentive to cut if, you, if, if need be. You know, not a lot of players on certain rosters are that cuttable, you know? So there's two players that if they really need to free up some more space, it is there for them, 100%. I think on the, you know, on the free agency side, the guard that, you know, is going to be a target for a lot of teams this year is Brandon uh, Brandon Sheriff from uh, Washington. I mean, is it likely that Washington re-signed him? It probably will, but I think that's going to be a guy that is potentially a good target for them if they, you know, do cut that 11.5 million. They could probably bring him in for, you know, going to be a little bit more expensive. But... Is there anyone that stands out to you there in free agency for the Chargers, John, in terms of maybe offensive line? Or do you think they'll probably more target it in the draft, maybe? No, I think looking at it. I'll give, you, I'll give you somebody that I think would help the Chargers a lot. And so the offensive line is going to be an issue because you have so many guys that are for opening in free agency. You know, so I think in my first mock draft this year, I dropped a couple of days ago, Christian Darisaw goes to number 13, right? And that's an offensive tackle because – to, you could slide uh, you could slide Trey Pipkins back in inside where he kind of belongs outside of left tackle that would help them a lot. But Pat Fline, he's a little bit older. He's listed as a I think they've got him on the there's a right guard. He can play right guard. Yeah. He can play center. You want to talk about somebody getting some young guys around and learning from? It's Fline. I think he's somebody that they'll go after. Yeah, and yeah, like I say, it's relatively going to be cheap as well, and that can be quite valuable. Like you say, if he can help them out. And just to push that depth as well. Um, yeah, because obviously, you know, like I say, it's such an obvious need, you know, especially now you have a decent quarterback, you know, so that that could be a good, definitely a great pickup for them moving on to that. I think, to be honest as well, if we're going on back positions of possible need that they'll have to maybe sort out. I mean, if you look at their secondary, more to the corner side, we did talk about Jimbo, that they'll probably look into sign Mike Davis, who had a very decent year for them on the second, on the other side of the, um, to Chris Harris. So, where do, you, where do you think they probably re-sign them? Or do you think he'll actually, that they might let him go? Because they did sign them on a cheap deal. Was it three million, I believe it was worth? Uh, one one year, three million deal, yeah. Obviously, on whether they cut those people that we've talked about already, Williams and um, Turner. If they if they cut them, I'm sure that they're going to be looking to re-sign a few. That's why they're cutting them at that point. You know, and they're yeah, saying, yeah. move on. We can live without you. I, I, when I looked at their roster, I wasn't too worried about corner personally. And I don't know if they are either. I, I don't know. But I, I thought they needed some depth. I don't think they're going to be looking for a lot of top-line guys, and those are people that they could you know, target with their third, fourth, fifth-round picks. 
Yeah. So, so moving on to the draft, you know, obviously offensive tackles, they may need it's a very, very deep class of offensive tackles this year. In my opinion, mm-hmm. there's probably, you know, there's a lot of guys that will probably go in the first round. Do you think that's the, the obvious landing spot? I know that was in your mock draft uh, the other week. Do you think that's the obvious landing spot? Would you maybe go for an edge rusher or? I, so, so I had, I got kind of, I got in on this podcast last week and I thought that we were going to be rotating picks and it was, no, we were all doing mock drafts and I was like, crap. So I had to do one on the fly. (laughs) And my first thought was edge, right? Because I'm thinking Melvin Ingram's moving on. You want that rush edge guy. I think that's something that they're going to target, but they do have some good depth that can kind of hold that spot. It's not somebody who's on the field all the time for them because they, they try to run more of a, a four, three set. And sometimes when they're going up against more pass heavy teams, they're going to play that rush edge um, and pull one of their linemen off the field. And so I like the idea, but I think they're going to, they're going to wait and they're going to get somebody later on because edge is not a top heavy, you know, uh, position this year. There's a lot of really deep guys that are day two value that, and we're going to see a bunch of them go day one. And that's just, you know, that's the way that the, the league operates now, but, I think they're going to kind of hold off on that and they're going to wait and they're going to see, play their cards and see what the second and third rounds look like with that. Um, because they, they do need to go offensive line at 13. That makes absolute sense. I mean, I'll say you go to take one best player available. If you can get that in one of the best tackles in the draft in the first round, it makes sense for them. I do like your pick there with him there. Um, I've also heard Vera Tucker out of USC as well as a good landing mm-hmm. spot for him in there. Um, he seems like a great guy to probably possibly chuck in there. Um, you're sort of looking at that as well. And, yeah, to me, I mean, I've, I've seen good mock drafts. Of the, I'd like to actually question you on the guy, um, Dante Brown out of Alabama. I, I saw, I've, mm-hmm. I've actually seen two no, two mock drafts of him going in the third round to to, to the Chargers. Do you think he possibly falls to, for it to the, into the third round? Do you think that's a fair grade for him? Or do you think he could possibly be taken earlier? I think with a lot of these guys in day two, you know, the, that are in that day two value, we really don't know. And – the problem is we don't have the combine this year. We don't have, you know, personal workouts this year. So it's really hard for us on the outside looking in to see what teams are looking for. So what we kind of have to go with is tendency. You know, what do team or do ten, teams tendency tend to t- tend to lean toward with positions and stuff where, who do they like to target? Who do these general managers like, you know, that's why people like Mike Mayock, and John Gruden, who have been in media, people have a good idea what they're looking for because they've told us for years and years what they like. So it is possible he could be there. He was at the Senior Bowl this year and kind of had – there were some footwork concerns that came up, him being able to to be limber enough and af- athletic enough to move around. And I think if he's going to drop, that's why he's going to drop is because he doesn't have a combine to come in there and back him up with a three-cone drill or something like that. But I, I think he's more of a second round. I think he's more top 50 because he's so big. You want him to handle someone like, for example, I'm going to throw crazy examples here, Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt, because he can handle him with brute, brute strength. And that's what you want at that position. So he's not a technical guy. We'll see what uh, the rest of the NFL thinks, though. No, that's fair. No, that's good. Uh, yeah, and I think that's a good point you've touched upon, actually. Yeah, I've said, probably actually forgotten about that. The fact that they're not going to be doing the combine, you know, the pro days are out the question as well for a lot of these players. And I say you're going to have to use that tendency to to really think, especially like, you know, from the, from what's happened previous. 
it's yeah it is going to be a lot more difficult and and the way it's going obviously it's still going to be in the same situation and then um coming up to april i can't see it getting much better throughout the world you know let alone let alone in the states so yeah i can absolutely see why that's going to be um, a big issue there for the draft especially uh jimbo moving on to you i was just going to actually ask you because i remember we were talking about the free agency so john we've done a bit of a thing as well where we'll ask you what do you reckon their best free agent option probably is going to be if they're going to actually, what position they should target? If you could take one person for free agency and probably, like you say, you've given us, um, you've given us first round pick. We've seen your mock draft for that one. Um, maybe, maybe give us, you know, a couple of guys that you could see the charges taking as like the best option that you reckon that they will go in. So I'll start with you. I'll leave with you though, Jimbo. Who, who would you like? I know you free agency you've wanted to talk about. Um, who would they like, who would they pick, pick up? Yeah, so, so for me, I think, you know, there's two positions they could target. I think it all is depend on improving Justin Herbert's situation there. You know, you want to help him out as much as you can. I think a right guard is your, is your big priority there because you can save a little bit of money, potentially, and bring in a guy that's going to improve your line. And also, I think it's a very, very deep wide receiver free agency this year. You know, there's, there's a lot of players there that are potential to bring in. Like, you know, you've got, uh, Godwin, that's I think they're going to move on from uh, personally. You've got Adam Robinson. You've got you know, it, you know. There's a whole list of players there that you can potentially bring in for cheaper than not not necessarily cheaper, but for the same money as Williams has got. You know, and you can give him as much help as you possibly can. I think some of these guys are going to go cheaper as well because there's so many of them, and a lot of teams are struggling. Um, in terms of the draft, I think they need to take a tackle, like you're saying. I think it's a case of taking the, you know, the best available tackle at the time at, at 13 to, you know, to help you. Cool. Um, on to you, John. If there's one, I think the the big thing that they really need to target, if they're not going to get Hunter Henry back, is they really do need to go get a tight end. And at that point, it's not really, it's not, it doesn't have to necessarily be a top-end starter. It just needs to be somebody they can put on there because, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Donald Parham. I, I loved him in the XFL. I was like, this guy is going to be exciting. He's 6'7", 250, big wingspan, just an athletic freak. But I think you could go with someone with a little more experience. Looking at that list there that you've got pulled up for us. I appreciate that list, by the way. Um, somebody like – I think like like Jared Cook would be a good example – would be a good one to have, for example. He might be a little bit – expensive and they might not want to spend the money on him. But if you're going to bring in another young tight end, you know, with Donald Parham, you do want someone with a little bit more experience that can kind of work on coaching them up and, and working with them specifically, especially with this brand new coaching staff. You don't know who's coming in. You don't know what coaches are going to really stand out or any of that. So you always want the experienced players because they're all, almost coaches a lot of the time. Um, tight end would be the thing I would go. As for the drafts, Assuming that they get somebody like Darisaw at 13, which I think is very, very possible at this point, um, and he would be an immediate left tackle starter, you would just slide Trey Pipkins inside. I think as you get into the draft in the second, third, fourth rounds, you're going to start to see them go after probably a future edge rusher, um, somebody who can kind of play that rush edge, somebody that, that pops in my head if they're going to go second, like Quincy Roche, right, out of Miami. He's a very good rush edge guy. He's a pass rusher. He's a run. He plays run defense pretty well too. He's a transfer from Temple. I thought he was going to declare last year, and he didn't. And he stayed, and ultimately made the right decision because he 
went from being a fourth, fifth round pick to he's going day two if he doesn't go day one. And and then obviously some cornerback depth. And so at that point, someone like um, Israel Mukuamu out of South South Carolina would be a great option. He's lengthy. He's he picked off Jake Fromm three times a couple of years ago. And I, I documented those interceptions. You can ch- check them out. They are a lot of fun to watch. And it's he's very played. I'm a Georgia fan, so that I remember that game. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't need to tell me. (laughs) But yeah, they were insane. Yeah, he he had a great game. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. But yeah, nice pickup. If you can pick him up at depth, like 100% well worth picking. I think he's going to go in the second or the third round um, just because there's going to be some speed concerns. They're not really, nobody's worried about his size. It's more the technique and the speed. Does he have the long speed? He, he got roasted against Alabama last year, you know. So, I mean, those are four first-round picks, but still that's yeah. it, that, on your resume. So, Yeah, I, I really like that sort of pick-up there with tight end as well. You know, as you mentioned, the free agent, the experience. You know, with the games they had last year where they lost so tight one-score games, it is quite important for them, I think, this year to inject a bit of experience into them and, you know, get them over the line in them close games. So, yeah, I like, I, you know, I like that. No, definitely, definitely. No, we like that a lot. So, just to sort of cap this off, uh, like I say, sort of going for the Charles, obviously this is very, very early, but we are we have been doing it from the start. So, we're going to do our way, way, way too early predictions, even though not a lot has happened yet. It's only been two days after the Super Bowl of this recording. Uh, but I'll start off with you, Jimbo. So, just on record, you know, obviously it's seven and nine this year with the injuries and the concerns. But what do you reckon... Like we've talked about with the pickups they can make in free agency, obviously picking up in the draft, if they can protect Justin Herbert, keep a few pieces, they might even re-sign Hunter Henry. What do you reckon their record will be? We'll start with you, Jimbo. Yeah, well, they're in a tough division. You know, there's Kansas City and the Raiders, Broncos, three good sides. It's a, it's a tough division for them. If they can protect Herbert and get him a weapon, you know, re-sign the guys we mentioned, I think they'll be sort of pushing winning season, sort of eight and eight and eight, nine and seven, sort of sort of range. Obviously, new coaching staff there. Going to see how they get on. Looks like a good hire, as you know, as John's mentioned. So I think that's probably fair. I'll, I'll go nine and seven. Okay, so this is a very early prediction. This is very difficult. I think I think that this defense, because the the majority, the the main starting the starting group of the defense is pretty much intact i think they're gonna they're going to work into a new system relatively easily because they're familiar with each other and so you're bringing a defensive minded coach in somebody who really does scheme well he finds a way to take these players and maximize their potential which is something that you really want especially on defense i think i think if again if they can protect herbert they this is a team that can go three and three in the in the in the um division probably beating the broncos twice knocking the raiders off once and then um yeah you're looking at you're looking at 10 wins at best probably five or six wins at at the worst i think uh, yeah i was definitely in the bracket i really think nine could be the maximum and like like you put the touch on there jimbo they are in a very 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 um, difficult division, you know, with playing Mahomes twice. The Raiders aren't easy to play against. Denver are obviously in a bit of a situation where they've got some issues to sort out. But yeah, I think nine would be the maximum. And if they really 
do fail, I hope they don't for Justin Herbert's sake, but if they really fail to pick up some decent guys in the draft, you know, obviously it's going to be all early on, but if they can't protect Justin Herbert for the year, it could be a longer year. And you are looking like that bracket of definitely probably five, maybe six. It really does depend. Like I say, it's way, way too early, but we are pushing them out there. So it'd be funny to look look back on if, uh, if, if someone gets it right anyway. So it'd be quite cool to look at. John, I think that's all we got covered for, but thank you very, very much for joining us. Uh, really appreciate you coming on and uh, talking to us. Like I say, it's the first time we're sort of doing all this. We are planning on doing every team, so we've, we've got a lot of episodes coming up, but we really appreciate you and taking the time out if to you, join us. If you just want to shout out for your, for your channels again, just so people can follow you on there. And Yeah, and th- thank you guys again for inviting me on. I appreciate it. You can follow me on Twitter, at John D.A. Vogel. And you can keep up with my work on the Brawl Network. That's thebrawlnetwork.com, as well as uh, fan-sided. I do write, I do cover the other Los Angeles team, the Rams. Well, that's the Ramblin' Fan. And then now I think I'm doing a, an article a week with Pro Football Mania, which I believe, I think it's UK-based. I'm not entirely sure. But um, you can keep up with we're all not my t- stuff t- there. T- sure either, so then... I've heard of them, but yeah, not sure if they're UK-based, but very much could be. I think I think they are. I'll have to check out back on that. I just I just started with them this past week. They had just reached out and asked if I would write with them, and I was like, sure. But that's but pretty much anything that I post is on my Twitter. So that's probably the best place to follow me. Hey, brilliant. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, really appreciate it, John. Thank you very much. And once again, guys, let's say keep an eye on our upcoming episodes as we've got a lot lot lined up and going through all the teams coming up leading up to the draft. So uh, yeah, thank you very much for joining and listening. Catch you next time.